0: This podcast is brought to you by KT, the organic cold brew iced tea, which you can find in select UK retail stores and their website kt.co.uk, spelt K-A-Y-T-E-A.co.uk. Hi, I'm Unzube Ufodike and welcome to Crowncast, the show where we talk about financial education for small to medium sized businesses. With us in the studios today is Nisa. Welcome, Nisa. How are you doing today?
1: Great. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thank you so much for coming through. I'd like the audience to know a little bit about you before we begin, because you've done quite a few things. You wear quite a few hats. But if you don't mind just sharing a little bit about you and your journey, that would be super useful. Thank you. Uh,
1: Absolutely. So I started out as a corporate and securities lawyer. I then uh, went to work for a company called Interactive Corp uh, in the early two thousands working on web two investments. And then, uh, from there, I went into venture capital where I've been for the past 12 or so years, and I've been investing in AI and blockchain probably for the past seven years or so. And I also have done a bunch of media writing for Forbes, doing a show on Bloomberg and um, serving on a bunch of different boards as well.
0: Amazing, and in the corporate world, do they call you the triple threat?
1: Yes, <laughs> I like that, that may stick.
0: Indeed, indeed. And your journey from the corporate law background into investing, that's, that's been quite a journey. Do you wanna talk about what inspired you or motivated you to become an investor?
1: Well, I always had an interest in technology and I started to, you know, when I was working in corporate, do these partnerships that involve technology and realized uh, having done a startup that I wanted to be involved in the early stages of disruptive tech as all of these um, were converging. And so I just started out as an angel investor. I then went to work at a bunch of different funds, uh, venture funds, and uh, then launched my own venture fund. So I, you know, which I've been doing for the past couple of years. And so I, um, I guess that that was the whole evolution and uh, focusing on, you know, initially, the crypto space, having worked at one of the big crypto funds. Uh, I felt I was uniquely suited for that because I was a securities lawyer as well. And uh, as you can see right now, that's playing a prominent role in that market. And so doing deep diligence, risk management, knowing what is legal and what is not legal is very helpful as an investor there.
0: Brilliant. I, I tend to see a common thread amongst many that come into angel investing, having that core technical knowledge, and then leveraging that in a in an area that they are a specialist in. And within your angel investing, you did say you focused on blockchain, which is a big area, you know, the, the DeFi space, um, the Web3, if you like. Um, can you share a bit more about some of the opportunities that you find interesting from an investor standpoint? And for those that you find interesting, what is it about particular opportunities that attract you to, to invest in a particular opportunity?
1: So there have been waves of speculation in the market. And I think those are important because it, it attracts attention, traders and um, media, etc. And these come and go in cycles. But I think the real development has been going on all the time. Uh, if you look at... Um, you know, developer conferences, attendance, for example. And the infrastructure has been being built this whole time through bull and bear markets. And so what really interests me is how we are going to use the technology to solve real problems. Um, And there's been less of a focus on that until this year, uh, which that narrative is starting to gain momentum, especially because policymakers want to know what the use cases are besides just trading and speculation. So we've been investing in real world use cases of blockchain and AI for years. And so the companies that we've backed are growing very fast. And I, I continue to seek out different applications and focus less on the actual technology and more on marketing the utility to consumers and therefore getting to mass adoption.
0: Brilliant, so a little bit of the infrastructure play, a bit of um, more of the application side and the marketing and relevant utility to users is, is kind of what you look at, okay. And, and, I, and I'm sure that as um, one of the top 50 women in Web3, Business Insiders, um, VCs to watch, uh, a top 100 women in fintech, a top 50 <laughs> global blockchain thinker, you have no shortage of deals coming to you. But I'm curious, in terms of the opportunities that you do place capital in, how, how do you find those deals? Is it more um, through referrals or do you go into those developer conferences you alluded to earlier or, or what's the process for you?
1: It's a combination of all of that. As you mentioned, there is a lot of inbound. But also, uh, we seek out opportunities uh, that are part of our thesis. Uh, We do that through entrepreneurs who've we backed before referring projects or other venture investors knowing what we focus on, or uh, I'm particularly involved with Wharton and their accelerator, for example. So we do see a lot of coming out of universities, developer conferences, etc.
0: Gotcha. And and when you do back a deal, what is it that you you advise or how do you help to add value once the deal is within your portfolio?
1: So we think we add value in unique ways. Uh, a lot of venture investors will just tell you they'll help you with the go-to-market or hiring, etc. But in this case, we can help with legal and policy advice. We can also help with media and PR. And most investors really cannot do that. So we uh, are often included specifically for our unique value adds
0: and typically many that do seek angel investment want to go on to raise capital um at a future round is what's the, the number one advice you give to um founders that are trying to raise that that next round of capital
1: well it depends on their situation, right? It depends on the market. So there's not one piece of advice for every founder that fits. Uh, it just, it, it's uh, case by case.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. And with the, respect to the, the companies within your portfolio, I don't know if you're happy to share any particular um, themes in a bit more detail and maybe around performance or how your, your portfolio is doing either on the VC side or on the angel side?
1: Sure. Uh, well, a lot of the companies that we backed early in 2017 became unicorns in 21. A few of them were bought. Amazing. And as far as our fund, um, a lot of what uh, you know a lot of the companies in, in the fund touch climate uh, solutions in some way and, and those are resilient and recession proof. and those companies have raised multiple times since we invested. Uh, there, there are other, uh, areas that I think are also, um, bear market proof or recession proof. Uh, so, so a lot of the use cases focus on solving problems around identity or, or maybe in healthcare or supply chains or title insurance, for instance. And so, um, those are areas where, as I mentioned before, people are still going to build and there's no regulatory risk, uh, or security risk. Involved in those types of investments, so uh, it's doing quite well.
0: Indeed, identity and supply chains. Um, I think those two areas came up at a recent Web3 conference here in London, and uh, conversations of the conversations around the applications within those areas seems to be becoming even more and more sophisticated. Um, that's brilliant. So. With respect to geographical focus, Nisa, are there any particular regions you, you like to invest in and where you tend to, to place a bit more attention to?
1: Well, we are in North America, so, th- so that's obviously, we focus a lot there, but we're global. Uh, we look at projects from everywhere. So Web3 is global, and so we have to be as well from day one.
0: And are there any Web3 trends you see a bit more, say, for instance, in emerging markets? I know um, a couple of Latin American regions are looking at using some cryptocurrencies as their as their base currency. But are there any things you think we should watch out for in emerging markets on the Web3 arena?
1: There are a lot of different, um, you know, adoption on, on crypto assets specifically has been stronger in emerging markets where, um, you know, there, there aren't the same kind of infrastructure that you know London or the US have. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, if you look, for example, at Southeast Asia, uh, there's big gaming. Um, there's a lot of uh, gaming also going on like in, in Riyadh, for example. I mean, there are pockets of different use cases and I think um, Asia in general has been really uh, very important uh, in the crypto market, So I I think, uh, that that build out is just going to continue. Uh, and so whether, you know, as the U S works out, it's regulatory policies, um, uh, building is happening around the globe.
0: And you touched on climate resilience. I know right now there seems to be a lot of, um, conversation around, you know, the, the threats of, uh, of of living unsustainably, um, are there any particular types of companies you'd like to pay attention to that are focusing within the climate space and climate tech?
1: There's a lot of startups that are trying to solve the voluntary carbon offset market fraud and manipulation that, is, that has been there for a while using blockchain. There's also um companies that are focusing on incentivizing consumer behavior to have a better carbon footprint through gamification or otherwise. Uh there's a lot of these companies um in our portfolio that are actually based in Europe uh focused on that and yeah
0: Cool. Thank you. That's, that's okay. perfect. And with respect to what's next for you, Nisa, I know you have quite a few things that you're focused on right now within your portfolio, including your, your VC fund, your, your media features and your content that you put out. Um, what's next? Where, where would you like people to, to pay attention to?
1: Well, I've been helping uh, educate policymakers in the U.S. about these use cases um, and doing that through meetings or writing uh or conferences etc and continue to grow the companies in our portfolio and um to make uh to to make my life's work to to bring better uh utility through the use of technology to improve people's lives
0: because i feel somewhere there should be a book in there in your experience i'm like i'm just waiting for the nisa i wrote a book i wrote a book it Ah.
1: came out out in 2018.
0: (laughs) oh yes wtf is happening yes
1: women tech founders
0: women tech founders so is there a second book coming out nisa because since wtf it's it's been a minute 2018 you had your your last book are we can we look forward to something else coming up soon Uh, maybe, uh,
1: no promises on the book, but maybe.
0: Thank you. And we're going to put the links in the bio below for your socials, but please do you mind just sharing where people can find you?
1: Uh, Twitter is at Amoyles Nisa and LinkedIn.
0: Thank you so much, Nisa, for being our guest on Crowncast today. And, and thank you for the, Great work you do, uh, being authentic in the spaces you occupy, and, and making a difference, a real difference within within the investment community. Obviously, as a leader within that space, um, you've maintained a, um, a lot of visibility and representation, and it's it's something that you know warms my heart. So so thank you for making time to speak with us today.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for your interest.
0: Thank you, and to the audience. Well, you you've heard it live and direct from Nisa. Thank you. Please like, subscribe, share, and comment below. And until the next episode, take care. Bye.